Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Lamentations, they disobey. And what they do is they get destroyed, essentially. Their city gets destroyed, and God allows this to happen. They go into Babylon, and this is where they are at. For the next 70 years. Now what they had done was pretty evil. And we looked at last week how sin is sin. But they were following other gods. They were literally worshiping other gods. They were saying no to God. And saying yes to these false gods. And so God's heart was broken. And he's going, I want you back. I want you back under my care. And so I'm going to allow these things to happen. So that I can have you back. And so the middle of the chapter, we talked about this two weeks ago, it's called a chiasm. In Hebrew writing, a lot of times your main point is right smack dab in the middle. And so chapter 3 is the main point of Lamentations, which offers hope where it seems things are hopeless. And I don't know if you have seen this in our world the last couple of years, but a lot of people have experienced this and walked through this. And so I believe the Bible is pertinent and relevant today, no matter where you're at, no matter what your belief is at, allow it to speak to you this morning. And so here we find ourselves in chapter 5. They're finally like, they're broken. There's this despair. They're going, how long is this going to be? We can't take it anymore. They're frustrated. And Jeremiah, who's the author of Lamentations, I know the, uh, they said it was anonymous. It, it's anonymous, but we can tell it's Jeremiah by his writings. At the end, it leaves kind of an open-ended question mark. Like, God, will you save me? Will you do this? And think about this. For those that were in there, in Babylon... Did God save them? They were there for 70 years. Some of them might have felt like he abandoned them. For some of them, they felt that, hey, we're going to hold on and we're going to wait for God. So, here, now, let's come to today's world and tie this all together. I have just three points for you this morning, but let's bring it together, and that's this. How many of you know that something really cool happened last week, and that was the start of the state fair, Right? I've been twice. I'm going again today, this afternoon. I'm a state fair addict. Um, now, for me, with my boys, we, we do an event. And so we go the first day of the fair every year. We couldn't go last year. But we get there, and anybody have any, like, favorite fair foods? Like, like you know, how, how many like like the Sweet Martha's cookies? Or you like the corn on the cob? You know, that grilled corn? Some of you are crazy, and you eat, like, the, the alligator stuff. I don't know if you like that. Um, I don't know if you want to talk to Ted. I think I'm clipping a little bit. If it's clipping, I'll, I'll grab a different mic. And uh, one of the things that I love is I love trying new foods. And my family is scared of trying new foods. And so a couple years ago, Derek and I, we tried spam curds. <laughs> Not worth your money. Okay? Save your money. And, but the other thing that was really good is we had Kool-Aid brine pickles. Come on, man. Those were good. Black cherry Kool-Aid brine pickles. They were amazing. Uh, Derek's giving me a thumbs down from the back. But here's what I want to ask you. How many of you have ever had something that you've loved, whether it's a state fair food or something, and you're like, just can't wait to like share your experience with somebody? Like, you're just like, yes! And and you're just like filled with joy. And and you're like, I want to share this with my family and those closest to me. And so I went up to one of my favorite restaurants at the state fair, Giggles Campfire Grill. If you haven't been there, their food is awesome. And I wanted my, one of my favorite state fair foods on Thursday. I went up, I ordered it, duck bacon wontons. Come on, man. Oh, so good. So I order them, and the boys come around me, and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to try them? Not one of them wanted to try any of them. They're like, Dad, can, can we get a, 
the chicken fingers meal, actually, instead, you know, the fries and a Coke. I'm like, really? And, and I, said, I said to my son, Justice, right here, Justice Wade, he was on keyboard this morning, well done, buddy, all right? And, and so, now I owe him five bucks anytime I say their name from the pulpit. But here's the, you're welcome. And so, Justice is the, only one time per name, by the way, I can say your name as many times now. So he's with me, and I'm like, you're like, you like try anything and try everything. He's like, no, not trying that, don't like the fried food thing, don't, no, don't, don't even want that. Didn't want fried food, but man, did that kid polish off cheat skirts with us later. I'm like, come on, man. Like, here's the deal. Have you ever been in that place where you're just like, you you just so want to share something that you enjoy, and the other people around you are like, nope. Come on, you've all been there. We've all been there. And I think what what I've seen is a lot of times what's happened is we, not just me, you as well, we continue to try to find our joy in places that we're not supposed to, all right? Think about the Israelites. Here they are around the city of Jerusalem. Where were they trying to find their joy? Not in God, but they were trying to go, let's go outside of him. We don't, we don't want to have to follow the law the way it is. Let's, let's worship the fertility God. That's what they did. Yeah, a God named Asherah or Baal. They worshiped. They went outside of the covenant. And the moment they did that, they forsaked God. And so God's going, I want your heart back. That's where the true joy is. So let me give you this first point this morning. It's real simple. Joy is found in Christ alone. Amen? Are you awake this morning? It's okay to talk in this church, all right? You can talk, you can heckle me, I, I, I welcome it. I'll heckle back. By the way, one last thing, stay fair. <laughs> Just so you know, I enter stuff every year. Two years ago, I entered soup. I took first place. I was able to hand that out yesterday and today. They printed off the recipe. I got to like hang out in the creative building, handing it out with all the judges and stuff yesterday and today. So I have to go to the fair. Um, but if you want that recipe, if you're a cook and a chef, it's really good. It's a wild rice sausage and shrimp chowder. It's amazing. The recipe's on the front by my wife. You can just grab one on your way out, all right? They're, they're 30 bucks a piece. All right, so... But I love to cook, and that's one of my passions. And this is a first place soup at the state fair. No, no, don't clap about it. No, 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 no. No, you're not hearing me. So I made it for my family. And they all loved it not. <laughs> I had three out of five. This one here, Ju- Justice, will eat it. He loves it. Because he's a shrimp lover. There's shrimp in it. Some of my other kids are like, mm, shrimp, no. Like, I'm go- we're not a Jewish family. Okay, like we can eat shrimp and, and it's okay. You know, God said all things are clean. There's pork in there too. I'm like, this is like a Jewish nightmare dish, but I'm eating it. And, and I'm like, you, you're welcome to as well. And, and he, he's like, he likes it. But then I have my other kids, like we'll literally pick out the shrimp. And just eat the sausage. And then another one's like, I just don't like soup. And I'm like, your dad just got first place. You're not eating this? The problem is not me anymore. It's you, all right? I love them all. I like some of them. Um, that's funny. Some kids are like scared right now. Lamentations 5.15 says this, Joy is gone from our hearts. Our dancing has turned to mourning. You see, they had these temple festivals. They had the stuff all going. They they enjoyed their lifestyle the way that it was pre-COVID. They loved it. They thought everything was great. And then all of a sudden, just everything went to trash. And here they are begging for food. The people that were once the priests to those that were, you know, what you would consider a lay person. They're all begging for food, trying to find where their bread's going to come from hoping they're not going into slavery, trying to live, trying to figure it out. 
their joy and their circumstance was gone, but I believe God was testing the joy of their character. And I think that's what God is trying to do in us all the time. The joy left them. Why? Because their circumstance changed? Why did the joy leave them? Because God left them is how they felt. Yeah, focus was off of God, somebody said. That's what they felt. So can I give you something? I don't have this on the screen, but this is really good. All right. Stop blaming God in the bad and begging God for the good. Okay? Stop blaming God for the bad and begging God for the good. And just accept where you're at and realize He has you there for a reason. For such a time as this, we read in the book of Esther. What if instead we praise Him during the bad and glorify Him during the good? What if we turn it around? What if we look at that? Because we've all gone through different stuff. We all have different stories here. Yeah, there's probably a hundred of us here this morning. We all have different places that we've been, different experiences we've come from, different hurts we've held on to, different things even in the last year that have formed who you are right now. And if your joy is wrapped up into that rather than Christ alone, your joy is going to do this all the time because it's going to depend on your circumstance rather than on God who sent Christ so that we can have joy to the fullest. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm just not happy. Happiness and joy are very different. Okay, Joy is an eternal gift that God gives us to accept where we're at no matter what. Happiness, yeah, it ebbs and flows. Absolutely, absolutely. See, what happens for us is, and I think of this as a church, not just individually, but when I've read through this, I was going, what does this mean for us as a church? What are we called to do with this information? Because anybody here know anybody in St. Francis or the area you live that, that is lacking joy in their life? Three of us. Anybody else know anybody? That's lacking joy. If you don't know anybody that's lacking joy, maybe you're lacking joy. Okay? I know a lot of people lacking joy. If, if you haven't met them before, then maybe, maybe stop and look. Because they're right in front of you. They're around us constantly. Somebody sneezed. Antichrist. All right, so. Too early for COVID jokes? All right, so. I think what happens, though, is we see people that lack joy. And here's what happens. This is what I see. And I think there's a difference between being a Christ follower and even somebody that says, hey, I'm part of the Bridge Church. We're life-giving. It says it on our stage for a reason. So what does that mean? Well, here's what. I'm going to put this on the screen. You see, the world brings people down. We are called as a church to lift people up. That's what we're called to do. Okay? Well, Pastor Chris, they're, they're a super conservative Republican. I don't like them. Get over yourself. Well, they're a liberal. I, I, can't, I, I just don't even know what they think. I, I can't. Did you say hi to them? Did you go when they were in need? And Pastor Derek talked about that. Did we, did we lay down our preferences to live out God's principles? Because that's what it comes down to. And if we're not, then God forgive us because we don't understand what the church is. Because the moment that we judge somebody on the other side, we're basically saying, God, you can judge me now. Because the moment that we judge and we do unto others, we're asking them to do that to us. Okay? And so what if instead we go, man, we want to lift you up. We want to invite you to church. We want to be a life-giving church. And I'll tell you what, man, I don't know about you, but worship was alive this morning. Come on, somebody. That was alive. And I want to be in a church that's alive. I don't want to be in a church that's dead. I want to be in a church where we're going, hey, it's about Jesus. We're going to have fun. Everybody's welcome here. Well, Pastor Chris, I've never read the Bible. I'm an atheist. Good. We got a seat for you. 
We want you to be comfortable in a place that maybe you're going to hear a dangerous message. Maybe God's going to challenge you. But we want to have the ability to do that and let you be lifted up. That's what we're called. We are not called to beat down people. I don't know about you, but I think the world does a really good job at that. And we don't need to help them. We don't need to help them. They're they're doing just great with that. Like they got a corner on the market. I mean, like 100% A plus, they do a great job beating people down. So it's time for us to lift people up. Okay, that's what we're called to do. See, the Israelites, they went from this ultimate freedom to captivity. And I believe in the last year and a half, that's what's happened in our culture. We have seen freedom to captivity. And I'm not talking politically, I'm talking inwardly a lot of times. We're called to live outwardly. You know, how many people in our world have done that, have gone into this place of captivity? And there's a time for everything. We read when Solomon writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, there's a time to mourn, a time to weep, a time to dance, a time to joy, a time to be alive, a time to die. There's a time for everything, you know? And what if the time right now is so crucial and so important that God is looking at us as a church in general and going, it's time to step up. Okay, it's time to stop looking at it as a cruise ship and realize we're a battleship. What if it's time to realize that there's great need and we have now been deployed as a church? I think we suffer sometimes because what we think is our freedom is actually our captivity. What if our freedom is in the dangerous, not in the comfort? So let's ponder that for a moment. You see, the reason I want you to be lifted up at the bridge, the reason we have a life-giving service where we want you to want to have feedback, pushback, we want to enjoy life is because we want you to be encouraged to live your faith walk out because honestly, it's not about your story. I love your story. We've got a hundred different stories in here. But what if your story is for somebody else? Okay, And if the world continues to bring people down, let's help them bring it up. And the only way that we can do that is by leading them to a path with a relationship with Christ. It's the only way. The hope of the world is in Jesus alone. Joy is found in no other place than Christ alone. It is not in bacon wontons. Okay? They're amazing. Bacon grease is a miracle food. All right? I'm convinced that is a cancer preventative medicine that God has given us. Amen? Here's what I find that's kind of ironic, though is that many times I'll, I'll meet somebody, and the other day went and talked to my neighbor, we're having gopher issues, and, and they'll come out to me, and they're like, you know, we're just talking, and I say, hey, i got to go to church, you know, i, I got to run up there, so I work, and really quick, they're like, oh, I'm not a religious person, I'm not a religious person, you know, as if they're defending their viewpoint, and, and, and can I just say this, as if you don't know, <laughs> like, like, you know, and, and here's what's really interesting, but they never stop to ask me to defend mine, Why? Because they've been beaten down and they see something different in you. They might not ever say it, but what you have is attractive. It's the most attractive thing in our history on the face of this earth, and that's Christ alone. Can I hear a good amen from somebody this morning? All right. Number two. Everybody say number two. Come on. Joy is constant because Christ is constant. Joy is constant because Christ is constant. Again, not happiness, okay? You go up the wild thing at Valley Fair, woo, it's great. You know, some of you are scared to death, won't go on it. All right, some of you like those spinny rides, all right? But you have the ups, you have the downs, it's a roller coaster. There's times you love it, there's times you don't like it. 
That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a constant realization to be joy-filled no matter the circumstance. And I think the reason chapter 5 ends the way it does, I don't know if you caught that in the video, but the first four chapters are all poems. They're an acrostic. Okay, The first uh, three, excuse me, the first two and number four, so one, two, and four, are 22 verses. And every single one of them is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet to the last letter. Each verse starts that way. In chapter 3, it does that, but it does every stanza and every line. So there's 66 verses. Chapter 5 ends with 22 verses. And it's not there at all. And my belief, again, I can't go back to Jeremiah and talk to him until I see him in heaven someday. But my belief, this is Chris's belief, is that he ends this way with complete disorder and chaos to show that their only hope is in God. They can't do it in something they're, you know, they're disordered, there's disunity, there's disjointedness. They're in a culture that's not their own culture. And the only way that they're going to find joy is one, in realizing it's in Christ alone. And so God's bringing them back to that constant joy that's there. Now, in the last year, I've heard story upon story of people who have felt maybe abandoned by somebody. Or your best friend viewed something differently and, and they're no longer in your life. And you know, don't raise your hand, but who here's ever felt that way? Like you felt like you went through something real tough and, and somebody wasn't there for you. Or, or maybe you're going mad. I didn't even, you didn't even think the bridge church was there for you the way we should have been. Or, or maybe you thought your, your spouse wasn't there the way you, you should have been or a pastor or a teacher or, or somebody. And, and all of a sudden you, you get this weight on your shoulders going, man, I, I just don't know if this joy is a constant thing. And you're waiting for something to happen. And for you to realize that joy is a constant in God. It's going to be really hard because you've walked through being abandoned. You've walked through those feelings. Now, whether you've been abandoned or not doesn't matter. Your perception has become your reality. And so when that happens, it's really hard. If you, if you had a dad that abandoned you, I'm very sorry. If you've, had that go, if you've gone through that at all, I'm very sorry. Because for you, it might be really difficult to go, God is my constant and I've got to find my joy in him. That's something you're going to have to work through. And you might have to work through that the rest of your life. But yes. He's constant. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I love like our deeper Bible studies in this to a point. I love our, our Bible studies to a point, but we can get in there. This is why sometimes they call seminary cemetery, because we can get so theological and so wrapped up in it that we miss the point in the heart of what God's trying to communicate to us. Who knows what I'm talking about, right? Okay. And so I think what happens a lot of times is we have to realize that rather than trying to figure out every answer and every T going, well, there was the law, and then there was the flood, and then there was the Abraham covenant, and then, and then God sent Jesus, and then Jesus went away, and Jesus coming back. Well, that sounds like he changed a lot. What if, what if God saw what I call the big narrative, the big picture the whole time? What if he saw, and he did, from beginning to finish? Because God always was, He always is, and He always will be. I don't know anybody here trying to comprehend that. Okay? The fact that we even try to comprehend that is our own human arrogance. Because a finite can never know the infinite. We can't. We get to know Him, we have a relationship with Him, but we'll never know everything about Him. We're not supposed to. You remember there was this tree in a garden a long time ago? What was that tree called? Tree of the knowledge of... Were we supposed to eat it? So now we try to judge rather than letting God do it all. He had a constant plan. Joy was his, not in our circumstances and taken into our own hands, but trusting in him. 
Lamentations 5.19. It says this. You, Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. You, Lord, just reign for a little bit. Just, just a little bit. No, how long does he reign? Come on, everybody, how long? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Theologies don't change. Without theologies do change, but he doesn't. God does not change. People believe that, hey, we got to pray so that we can change God's mind. We're not changing God's mind. What if the prayer doesn't change his mind, but it changes our character? What if prayer isn't to get what we want, but to align ourselves with what he wants, and all of a sudden what he wants is what we want? Did you follow me? Okay? Because I want what he wants. Now, we ate the knowledge of good and evil tree. We ate the fruit of that, whatever that fruit was. And we still try to get in there. Our flesh tries to get in there all the time. We try to make joyful things happen all the time in our life. You know, we're like, oh, a new baby, it's the greatest thing in the world. I love you know, new babies. I love holding new babies. During VBS, man, there's a, there a, a young child here that just clung to me. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I can let Heather see that. Because <laughs> I don't want number six. I don't. Now, if we have number six, great. But I'm 42, man. I'm not ready for number six. Are you? She doesn't know. Great. All right. The end. I got to go talk to my wife. All right. <laughs> Woo, it just got really hot up here. All right. But I think what's ha- what happens is when we start taking it into our own hands, we become really inwardly focused. Even in the last year, I think we've been trying to protect ourselves from getting hurt. We've seen stuff in the world. We've seen stuff in the church. We're trying to go, how do, how do I manage everything that's happened in the world and, and all of these emotions that we have and, and we don't talk about them. Do you know that, 90, ready for this? 90% of the people that come to me from our church in the week, okay, so 90% of us are dealing with anxiety and depression right now. 90%. Okay, so that's 9 out of 10 of us here this morning. So if you feel like you're alone because you're going, I don't understand what's going on, I want you to know you're not alone. Okay, it's not a character flaw. It's God's bringing you on a journey. In that moment, you're not on the mountaintop, you're down in that valley. And we said last week, in the valley is where the fruit grows. Praise God in that time. Praise Him and trust Him, even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it. We've sung that song before here. Eventually, we have to stop looking inwardly. We can only do that so long. God calls us to take our eyes off ourselves. And so here's the point for us as a church. The world looks inward. Us as a bridge church, we need to focus outward. Okay? Before COVID, we were getting ready to go to two services. I don't think we're far away from that again. Okay? Amen? Before COVID, we were looking for land to build a bigger building that could reach the needs of our community. I don't think we're far from that again. Okay? But that's not about us going, look at the bridge church and how cool it is. And you, my pastor, he wears like neon shoes, dude. It's awesome. All right? It's not what it's about. I do like my shoes. But... 20 bucks Amazon, man. Comfy. But you know what it's about? Well, it's about attendance. We've got to have the biggest church in the world. I don't care how big the church is. I care if we're a healthy church. So two weeks ago at Vacation Bible School, one of the favorite moments, I'm not sure part of this last week, but Ted and I, you guys helping us lead worship right now and helping our team get developed. Him and our time travelers were geeking out. We did this 20 years ago. It's, it was awesome. And we go back into one of the people who's teaching, and she was Eve. And I walk in, and there's this little girl, and she like sees Ted and I, and, and we got like Hawaiian shirts on, we're geeking out like Australian time travelers, and, and she stands up, 
and she comes up right next to us, and she's like, eyes wide open, like the most excited she's ever been in her life. And she's like, oh, do you know that we all made mistakes and sinned? I'm like, wow, tell me more. Like, of course I know that. And, and like, she's like, this is brand new information. I don't even know who she is. She's brand new to the church. And you know what's happening? God's getting a hold of her heart. Okay? Why? Because we decided to do a vacation Bible school because we all, we all had all the time in the world, right? That week, those of you that volunteered, you didn't have anything better to do, right? No, why? So that we could see a little girl have a revelation of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what it's about? Yeah. It's, you know, our, our mission of our church is to be life-giving. Our vision is to connect people with eternity. Now, I have to be careful with that because I don't want to connect them like that day, you know, if they pass away or something. No. To connect them with an everlasting God who loves them through Christ Jesus. That's it. Let me give you this last one here. Joy is found, this is the last one, in God's forgiveness. The end of Lamentations chapter 5 talks about this over and over and over. Like, God, did you, did you forget about us? What happened? Why did you leave us here this way? Why? Why? You know what's really cool about chapter 5? Jeremiah, through his authorship, is saying that the Israelites, the whole city, is asking God why. If you've ever gotten in trouble by a pastor or a church or by somebody from asking God why, I'm very sorry. Because right here we have a biblical president. It's okay to ask God that. Okay? But what happens is we find this in forgiveness. You see, God's forgiveness basically illuminates joy. Because all of a sudden what happens? The grudge is gone. You know? Now I'm not saying forgive and forget. They're two very different things. The Israelites to this day never forgot what happened to them in Babylon during 586 and the 70 years past that. They they didn't. We're probably not going to forget what's happened the last couple years in our life. But we can forgive. We can forgive. Now, maybe something a politician said really ticked you off. I'd say raise your hand if that's you, but it's probably all of us. All right, you beat me to the punch. You were waiting for that. So look at me, those of you that just raise your hand. You're the first to forgive today, okay? All right. <laughs> we're all in this together, okay? It's a life-giving church. I just got slapped by my pastor. You're welcome. We've all heard something we didn't like. And maybe you got, Pastor, I forgave them. And then they did it again. They might. They might do it again and again and again and over and over and over. And Jesus said we got to forgive them at least 490 times. So, are you there yet? You got 489 more? What did he mean when he said forgive 70 times 7? He said you got to forgive constantly. When you do, you're taking the judgment out of you and going, God, I'm just going to allow you to take care of it. That's what we're doing. Can I hear a good amen from somebody? Lamentations 5.21, it says this, Restore to us, restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return, renew our days as of old. Let me show you the message version I love. It says this, Bring us back to you, God. We're ready to come back. Give us a fresh start. Some of you need to circle, highlight that verse, write it, get a tattoo. I don't know. You need that verse. This is so good because I don't know where you're at today. Leave that verse up for a little bit. I don't know where you're at. But sometimes it's okay to have a fresh start. Well, Pastor, I've asked God to forgive me for this over and over and over again. He'll continue to forgive. He loves us that much. 
He loved the Israelites that much that He allowed them to go through this. You see, here's the last thought for us as a church. The world holds on to the grudge. But the Bridge Church, everybody listen. Not only do we let it go, but we refuse to seek justice since that's God's alone. We're going to let it go. If you say you're from the Bridge Church, you got forgive and let it go. Forgive and let it go. But I, but, 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 no, time out. But, 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 Pastor Chris, you don't know the injustice. You don't know about this. You know, I do know that our bookkeeper right now has a son that's serving in the Kabul airport that she hasn't heard in a week from. I know that's happening. And I know she's forgiven every day. And I know she's trusting God in that whole situation. What if we do the same? We let the grudge go. We let that grudge go over and over. Maybe somebody ticked you off in the last year or two that wasn't a politician. Maybe it was your neighbor. Maybe it was a friend that you know you thought you saw eye to eye on and your relationship is buffered. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's in a marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. I, I don't know. But somewhere, somehow, I believe God's calling you to be outward, not inward. He's calling us to be consistent as a church, not holding a grudge. And I believe that God is going to put somebody on your mind in the next month or so. That's supposed to be here on September 26th. Dwam, the American Warrior, he's going to be here speaking. He's going to be here racing. Whoever wants to race him, on a, we're going to have a real American Ninja Warrior course. It's a truck that we've rented already that's going to be outside. You get to race an American Ninja Warrior, okay? Now, why are we doing that? Because it's really cool? Well, yeah, but because we want people to have a relationship with Jesus. That's what it's about. Well, Pastor Chris, I'm not inviting that person. That one person that you don't want to invite, that you don't want to talk to, that's probably the person you're supposed to invite. Okay? They're waiting on you. Well, I'm waiting for them to forgive. Be the big person. You know, a couple years ago, let me end with this. A few years ago, we had somebody who came to me in the church, and they had a list a mile long of things that I was doing wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I never do anything wrong, by the way. Um, Mile long. Just a mile long. And we know our fallacies of the church. We know the things that we need to work on. And yeah, it's, it's nice to have those comments. But there was an offense there, and they left. And it was heartbreaking. Like, like I, I'm never going to unfriend somebody on social media. I love people. I, I want to meet them where they're at. I want to you know, be Christ with them. And so it was heartbreaking to me. Well, a few weeks ago, we saw them. And, and I felt all these emotions in my heart. Like I'm like, God, why didn't you strike them with lightning yet? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say I saw them, and I was like, and it, honestly, I didn't even think that. If, you know what I thought about? The first thing was, as soon as I saw them, i got to go say hi. How are you guys doing? It's really good to see you. You know? And, and put my arm around them. Be like, man, it's so good. Now, maybe they felt uncomfortable. I don't know. But I'm like, this is who the Bridge Church is. I obviously represent the Bridge Church quite a bit, but you do too. And so are we representing... Not a grudge-holding church, but a forgiving church. A church of grace that meets people right where they need to be met. When somebody does you wrong, you're still going to do them right. Amen? Think about this. Here they are, 70 years. They're waiting for God to show up. 70 years until they experience freedom. You can read about in the book of Daniel through Nebuchadnezzar and then King Cyrus. It, It was an incredible story. I want you to realize that there's still hope in any situation you have. There was still hope, even though it looked desperate for them. Lamenting, though, eventually ceases because God's hope comes in there.
That's where the joy is at. It's in Christ alone. Pray with me this morning. God, I thank you who you are. That you are filled with joy. You are filled with love. You are filled with passion. But you're also filled with justice because you know what I need more than I do. Lord, I pray right now that we would be the most outward. We would be the most grudge-free church filled with your joy. And it would be expressive. God, I pray right now, if there's anybody here this morning, whether it's their first time or their hundredth time, if they need to commit to a relationship with you, that this morning, whoever they came with, they would say, hey, I want to know what that relationship with Jesus is all about. And they would have that conversation in the car on the way home. But God, I pray no one leaves here today until they say this in their heart, that Jesus, forgive me. I don't know you. I've made mistakes. But I know you love me and I want to trust you this day forward. God, I know that if they pray that in their heart, they come to know you. And that's the only way that we receive eternal life. There is no other way. And that's an ultimate, complete joy no matter our circumstance. That's your message. That's the gospel. I thank you for it. I thank you for today. I ask that you bless everybody here. God, I pray that if there's lamenting in people's lives right now, that it would be turned to joy. God, if there's people that have been struggling with depression and anxiety, you would turn it to joy. God, they would come out of that and they would see who you are. Lord, you would bring them to those great places that could see you for who you really are. No longer thoughts of despair or destruction, but we'd be a representation of who you are to this community. God, and right now, if we're called to invite somebody, Lord, I believe we're all called to do that, myself included. Whoever that is, would you start putting them on our hearts now? Because it's not about doubling the size of the church. It's about bringing somebody to eternity with us. So allow us to see that. Have your way with us. Have your way in our conversations. May we see you today. Show up and show off. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.